Isaiah chapter 9. This beginning in verse 1, it says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in darkness. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. Isaiah is talking to a group of people who are idolatrous, who are totally uh, just entering into pagan worship. And actually, Isaiah's message to them is repent. Otherwise, you're going to get smashed. Wonderful Christmas message. Amen. It's just the way it is. Sorry. No. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, one Christmas I think I preached on demons or something. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but, no. Seriously. Soon they, they, they wouldn't repent, and the Assyrians would come in and absolutely decimate these people. And But what is awesome is even in this situation... Roll off the highs all the way on this thing. Um, Even in this situation, God sits there and says, hey, guess what? In a little bit, you're going to be blessed. I'm going to bless your region. Even though you guys have entered into all this idolatry and all this stuff, I still have a plan for you. I still love you. I still care for you. And guess what? You're going to see a great light. And so what happened? Some around seven or 800 years later, Jesus of Nazareth in that northern section of of Galilee, he pops in the scene and he makes his headquarters there in Capernaum by the Sea of Galilee. And so we see right here, it just it, he talks to us, it says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. And these people were in distress. And he says, In the past he humbled them, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness, verse 2, have seen a great light. A great light. And if you look over in John chapter 1, it talks about that light. I'm just flipping through here. John chapter 1, verse 1, we know this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, so this idea of the Word, that He was with God. And it talks about, later on, that the Word, it says, uh, talks about, it says, Through Him, this Word, all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of men. So this great light, this life that's now shining in the darkness. You know, we, we're, we, it's kind of funny, we, we think because we have uh, light, and we think that we're healthy because we're walking around because we have jobs and all these things that everything is right and good. Sometimes, you know, we can be deceived by our circumstances. You know, if I, if we were to turn off all the lights and it were to be nighttime, and what would we be searching for? Light. We'd be looking for the lights. Where are our lights? And we'd be, you know, iPhoning it or whatever you got. We'd be we'd be lighting up the room, right? Someone's getting over there, turn on the light. So if I sit there and I lit a match in the middle of the room or something to where you just, all the eyes would focus on this light. And the closer you got to that light, the more it would expose who you are. And Jesus was like that moral light. He was that perfect light that came into a very dark place and he shined. He shined life. 
People thought they had life, but they really didn't have life apart from him. He was the life. And he came in and he shined his light. And the closer they got to him, guess what happened? They were exposed. And it talks about that in John uh, chapter 1 here. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. They didn't comprehend it. And then it talks about John coming in, uh, being one who would testify of that light. So that through him, all men might believe. And John says he himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And in verse 9, this is very important. It says, of John chapter 1, it says, The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. And through the world, uh, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And he came to that which is even his own, the Jews. But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. In verse 14, the reason why we're gathered here this morning is the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, John declares, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, the reason that why we're here. And he came into this dark place in Galilee and he shined his light. And the people walking in darkness have seen a great, great light back in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 3, uh, back chapter 2. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And he talks about the blessings of Jesus Christ. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. And they rejoice uh, before you as people rejoice as, at the harvest as men rejoice when dividing their plunder, remember all the people who just run to him. He was just love on display. You had a hurt in your life. You had a need. You had something that was broken in you, something that couldn't be fixed. How many of you are struggling with something like that? Anyone? Okay, three. Got four. We're good. I mean, the thing that just drives you crazy about yourself or someone else, and, and people would run to Jesus, and Jesus would, would speak to them, and they would be healed, they'd be changed forever. As the light shined into their life. But you know what? Some people rejected the light. They wanted to stay in the darkness because the light exposed who they were. And that is the, the, the bottom line with man and God. Is God says, you know what? You're sinful, you're broken, I love you anyways, and I've paid for the price. Will you accept that you're wrong? Will you come to me for forgiveness and let me heal you? Will you let me take away your sin? No, I can do it myself. And they reject the light, and they live in darkness, and they think because they're breathing in and out that they have life when actually they don't have life. And the moment their heart stops beating, they will go on apart from God in death. And that's not what we want for the world. And that's not what God said. The Bible declares the opposite. For God so loved the world. He loves you so much. He sees how broken you are. I am. That he gave his only son, Jesus. 
the light. That whoever would believe upon Him, that means put everything you are on Him, all in, on Jesus Christ. Not just saying, I believe, not a knowledge, but a heart. And everything upon Him would have, would not perish. You would not perish. You would not have death in the end, but you would have eternal life. And it's as simple as that. The gift that God gives is, is the repair to man's problem. And that's what Christmas is about. That's what it's always about. That's what every single day of this year is about. It's about the gospel, the good news. Jesus wants to bust into the darkness of your heart. He wants to bust into the darkness of your life. He wants to bust into the darkness of my life. He wants to take down the walls of this city. He wants to bring life in every single area. There's real darkness happening and real people dying and real war going on around us. But Jesus is on the front lines and he's calling you and he's calling me to engage in that battle together. Amen? It's serious. It's awesome. And he talks about this light. You've enlarged the nations and you've increased their joy and they rejoice before you. As people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice, when see, they can rejoice at the harvest, but they have to give something in for guys to understand here. So it says, people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. So, you know, hey, look at all the stuff we got. For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. This is what Jesus does. Flip over to Psalm 107 real quickly. It's left of Isaiah. I'm dyslexic too. Psalm 107. Verse 10. This is the verse the Lord gave me when he pulled me out of the darkness. This is the section here. It says, Some sat in darkness and in the deepest gloom. Notice they're sitting where? In darkness and in the deepest gloom. Prisoners suffering in iron chains. Why? For they had rebelled against the words of God. And they despised the counsel of the Most High, what he had to say about the situation. And so he subjected them to bitter labor. He allowed their hearts to go into depression and all these hard things. Their, their hearts were weighed down. Their bodies were weighed down. Everything had happened. And so he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no to help. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. See the answer? God, help! And he saved them from their distress, and he brought them out of the darkness and the deepest gloom, and he broke away their chains, and let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds to men, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron, the jaws of life. Amen? That's what he does. That's the business our Jesus is in. No matter what you're going through, Jesus has the jaws of life to break through that situation. Amen? That's our Lord. This light we're talking about. For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bars that cross their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. 
Jesus shatters that. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be uh, destined for burning. In other words, you don't need it anymore. You don't need to war anymore. You have peace in your heart with God. Kick off that stuff. Burn it. be used for fuel the fire and then he tells us why why because of all this for for to us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders now this just totally blows you away we've lived in this world our whole lives under a system in America or wherever you are. It doesn't make a difference where you're from. We've lived in this world, and it's all we've ever known. But there's a different kingdom. There's something totally alien to us that is introduced right here. When Jesus was born onto this earth, the kingdom of God started to be pushed forward. And it grew as he grew, and it's growing to this day. But the kingdom of God, it's the way God would have things. You see, we, we have the kingdom of man the way that we've always done stuff. It's about what's fair, right? Is God fair? Yeah, but he's also just. That's a little different word than, than we have. It's not always what, what's fair. Remember that, talent, that, that parable of the talent where the guy worked barely at all and he got paid is the same as the guy who worked the whole day? You go, that's not fair. Well, let's flip it around. Say you're on your deathbed. Lord Jesus, save me. And he gives you salvation. What about the person who's been a, a Christian or uh, followed Jesus since their whole life? Pretty cool. God is merciful. It shows different characters. But His way is not our ways. Our way is to destroy our enemies. His way is to what? Love your enemies. This kingdom of God, and Jesus introduces, and the government will be on His shoulders. So what's that going to look like? What should that look like? There's uh, something I want to read in closing to you by Gail Irwin. I love this guy. He writes about the government. God promises, both ultimately and right now. What might such a government look like? First of all, it would look like it's king. Politicians of this day look for what they can get from you. Jesus looks for what he can do for you. Leaders of this day surround themselves with servants. Jesus surrounds us with his servanthood. Leaders of this day use their power to build their empire. Jesus uses his power to wash our feet and to make us clean and comfortable. Leaders of this day trade their influence for money. God so loved that he gave. Generals of this day need regular wars to keep their weapons and skills up to date and ensure their own advancement. Jesus brings peace and rest to hearts. The higher the plane of importance one reaches in this world, the more inaccessible he becomes. Jesus, Emmanuel, means God with us. Leaders of this day are desperate to be seen and heard. Jesus sought anonymity so he could be useful. Obviously, Jesus is not in charge of of the halls of Washington, London, Moscow, Baghdad, Paris, or Bonn. And so how can we ever believe the government will be on his shoulders? Actually, his government shows its working is wonder in, in wonderful ways. Whenever I see someone who miraculously leaves a life of drugs or alcohol, 
and is restored to his family and work, I can see that he is now governed by God. Whenever I see loving, love, uh, loving Christians gently caring for orphans and those rejected by family, I know that I am watching people governed by God. Whenever I see people eagerly learning the Bible and joyously praising, I know who the governor is. When I see people give up lucrative careers simply to go and share the good news of Jesus, I know they are governed by God. When I see pastors carefully teach and lead the flock of God, that God has given them, I know that they are getting signals from the great king. When I see people leave family to live and teach in distant lands because they love the people who have not, who, who have not heard, I know they are governed by God. So indeed, the government is alive and working. Often silent, mostly unseen, we can be and are by choice governed by God. Hope and joy and peace and rest is covered by its subjects. Justice, mercy, and grace amazingly coexist. I like this kingdom. The borders are open. Come on in. The government is on his shoulders. And you and I are his ambassadors of the good news. And it is displayed in our very manner of living. Remember the third commandment? Don't take the, Lord, uh, the name of the Lord God in vain. We don't live a life contrary to that. We live a life as if he's in the room. Lord, help us. Amen. Let that light shine. And the very last verse here, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us the son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Anybody need a counselor this morning? Mighty God. Anybody need to crack some heads for him? <laughs> Everlasting Father, anybody who had messed up families? Anybody need someone who's just not going to leave, is going to be there for you your whole life? Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many of you are warring in your souls this morning? And just think about how many people you know need Him. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom will establish and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forevermore. We'll get that in, when we get to Revelation chapter 20. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. And I'm praying that this year, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it in us and in this city. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. I want to thank you for your word. Thank you for the message you gave to Isaiah, a message of hope. That people like us who live in a land, Lord, that's actually very blessed materially, Lord, but is struggling in darkness, Father, <clears throat> that we would see a great light. And I pray that you would, your spirit would shine upon the people this morning in this room, myself included, that we would respond to the light and not hide from it. Which you call sin, Lord, we'd call sin, and we'd turn from it and run to you for healing. Lord, help us. And help us to be the light that you said we were. Jesus, you said you are the light of the world. So you've given us also that light, Lord, to go shine to others. Help us to go into the darkness, Lord, not just in our words, Lord, but in our deeds.
We just ask for your richest blessing upon this group of people gathered here this morning and those families who are staying home together to worship and to hang out with other family. In the name of Jesus, amen.